You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Well, it's great, isn't it, to celebrate together with those who are baptised. And uh, we're going to uh, just carry on in, in what I shared earlier, but going a little bit deeper. Uh, in both Michael and on and others in this church I know, um, as you hear their life story, you see something new came alive to in them when they put their faith in Jesus. Something shifted, right? Um, Christianity isn't just a religion that people subscribe to. It, it's life-changing. It's life-giving. It's something that we... Uh, it, it isn't about a set of rules. It's not as about following a kind of a, a lifestyle. It isn't a lifestyle choice. But actually, there's something that shifts in our hearts when we said, you know what, I'm going to choose to follow this path. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he spoke to a guy called Nicodemus. And uh, Nicodemus was uh, a religious person, someone who, who knew the law, knew kind of the, all the regulations. And Jesus started using some kind of strange terminology that Nicodemus kind of struggled to understand. And I think for many people even today, struggle to understand. And we're going to just read a passage of Scripture in John chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. And we'll just kind of unpackage the story a bit this morning. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at the night, um, at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are, you are doing if God were not with, with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he's old, Nicodemus said. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus replied, to tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And then Nicodemus asks this question, how can this be? And he starts, Jesus starts to unpackage the meaning of it. And I'm going to jump down to the, the, to the second part of his, his discussion. And uh, it's in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Um. Jesus used this term being born again. How can someone be born again? How can this happen? How can, how can, once you're born into this world, how can you re-enter the womb? If I said to you today, you need to be born again, we all think, well, that's a bit nutty. Right? There's no way we can be born again. There's a, it's a one-time shot. I know my mother would not appreciate a second go at it. especially when I'm beyond eight pounds. 
The explanation Jesus gives is that when we are all born in this world through our parents, we, we, we come alive through birth, right? If you're here today, you were born. You were born physically. It, it happened. There was a moment in time where something came to life and it was you. You cannot be here unless you're born. Would you all agree with this crazy theology? Yes, you're not here physically unless you're born. And so Jesus says, we are born physically, right? Flesh gives birth to flesh. We're all here because of a birthing process, which we probably don't need to spend a lot of time on. We wouldn't be here if that hadn't happened. And yet, although our bodies may be alive on the physical sense, it doesn't necessarily mean that our spirits are alive on the internal side. As a person, you and me, we're made up more than just a body. When someone passes away, their body is still there, but they're not alive, right? Their body, you look at a, you know, all of us I'm sure have been to a funeral and you've seen a body and it's just a body. It's a shell. What we're carrying around with us is a shell, but there's something inside of you that keeps on living. There's a soul, but we also have a spirit. And there's something about what is the true you. You look in the mirror. You know, when you were a young person, you looked a certain way. When you get older, you look a different way. When you keep aging and you keep changing, right? This body changes, but the real you doesn't change. I don't know about the, the older monks, people in our congregation, but you know, you don't often feel what you look like, right? <laughs> Sometimes I, I, okay, even, even though I'm not, uh, uh, you know, people maybe say I'm still young. Um, my kids say otherwise, uh, but, Sometimes I don't see myself even at the age I, I currently am. I still see myself as a 20-year-old, but I'm not. And I start to do things and I realize I'm not 20 anymore. Um, there, there's My body's changing. It's dying. Um, it's not as nimble as it once was. It doesn't recover from injury quite as quickly. And I can't quite do the same things in the gym as I used to do. Um, I'm coming to grasp with that, that, that this is changing. But the real me, the inside me, keeps living. It, that's who I am. And so when Jesus talks about being born again, he says, you physically are born in this world, but actually something needs to be birthed from the inside. Something needs to be birthed from your spirit. So just as your body was born through your parents, the spirit can only give birth to the spirit. And so you need to be born again in the spirit realm. If you want to be part of his kingdom, part of his family, receive all that he has for us. We need to be made alive in Him first. We can't make ourselves alive. We need help. You couldn't choose yourself to be alive today, could you? You couldn't choose, you know, at the beginning of your life saying, you know what, I fancy being alive, I'm going to just exist. No, someone gave birth to you. In the same way goes, you and I, we can't choose to be alive spiritually. In the sense of, I'm just going to be alive, I'm going to, I'm going to find that kind of secret thing. No, we need to, something needs to help us in that process. And that something is only God. God is, is the only one who can give birth to that new life that comes in us. We need to be born of His Spirit. As Jesus said, the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So just as we're born physically, when our physical bodies come to life, we also need to be born of the Spirit so our spirits may come to life in Him. 
You know, a lot of people, as even Michael was sharing in his testimony, you know, they're searching for that kind of that void in their lives. There's something missing that you can have all the money, or you can have all the friends, you can have everything, and yet something's still missing. There's something dead inside of you. Something's not quite right, and you can search for it. In fact, actually, I think the people who reach the element of success are the people that hit that point of a cliff and realize, I worked my whole life to get here, and realize I'm still dead on the inside. Because I think for many people, we think, if I can just get that, I'll be satisfied. But we're not. We, we, get to that, we get to that element of, I've obtained it, but then what? How much more money do I need? How many, how many more houses do I need? How many more cars? How many? We, we never find that thing because that thing we cannot give birth to. We cannot bring life to that. We need the Spirit to do it in us. When the Spirit comes in us, and in that moment where we repent and turn our lives to Him, a new life awakens inside of us. There's something shifts, something changes. Again, that's why I say Christianity is just not one of the other religions in this world, but it's a life-giving faith. You can't just put that on. You can't just turn your life around and, and something change from the inside just because you now adopt a religion. But when you put your faith in Jesus, something shifts in our hearts. Something changes from the inside out and something comes alive. And maybe in the early days, we can't quite put our finger on it, but something changes. Our outlook on life changes. And again, the testimonies, even we heard this morning, are an example of that. We have his presence in us. Suddenly there's, there's this peace. There's, there can be a joy. There can be a love that we can experience that we maybe we've never had before. All that we were looking for suddenly becomes clear, comes in focus. And there's a deep sense of fulfillment inside of us because we've come alive. We may have lived a long time, but never really lived on the inside. We may have done lots of stuff, have all sorts of memories, but not truly lived from the inside out. The voids are filled because the Spirit now is alive in us. But how does it happen? How can we be born again? Jesus explains the answer and the process. It's actually quite simple, yet deeply profound. In fact, it's so simple that most people throughout history for the last 2,000 years have stumbled right over it and missed it. How do we get born again? How does our spirit come alive? How do we experience what Michael's experienced, what On has experienced, what many others in this place? How do we experience this? Is it following this 10-step program to new life? Or is it simpler than that? See, when Jesus was exp explaining to Nicodemus, how can this be? Jesus responds and saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, step one in this process of new life is God so loved the world and sent his son. He, he loved you. He loved me. He, that was step one. New life can only come because Jesus took the first step. He, 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 he made this initial role. He took the initial role. Not because we were such lovely people that he would do this for, but actually the Bible says while we were still enemies, while we were still against him, while we were still sneering at Christianity and, and who Jesus is, Jesus loved you and sent his son for you or God sent his son Jesus for you 
He loved you so much. And He sent His Son into the world, not just so that Jesus could kind of just be here and hang out with a bunch of people. Kind of a hippie movement of 2,000 years ago and eat fish and chips and just be a nice teacher that people hung out with. No, He actually came on mission. He had to be born in this world. He had to live a life like you and I live. He had to kind of be in this environment that we are like, but without sin, without all the kind of contamination that we have in our lives. But He came on mission to take away the things that stood against us. Because actually, when we're born in this world, we have a sinful nature. And again, I've shared this in the past in in church. You know, you don't have to teach children to be naughty. It's amazing that they do it all by themselves. They continually do things that are just naughty. Bad sometimes. You think, where did you get this from? Your mother and I have never done this to you. Why are you doing this to us? We've, we've only watched Teletubbies. We've only watched nice things on the television. No one's taught you to hit. No one's taught you to lie. No one's taught you to steal. No one's taught you to be greedy. We've been sharing as a family. Why are these, these hidden nastiness coming out of you? It's because it comes by, by na- it's natural, isn't it? You don't teach a child to be bad. You have to teach him to be good because the natural nature of a child is, is to be bad. It's, it's ingrained. Because we all were born into this world with a sinful nature. And so even from a young age, there's thing, we have a, we have a, a, a sinful nature that works against us, enslaving us, holding us back, standing us condemned. And so actually, when we're born into the world, we, it's like we, we already are dead. Even when we're just a young child. Because we're enslaved to something that we don't have control over. Our deep, our deep thoughts. It's not even just the actions, but it's the attitude of the heart. And in fact, for, for everyone, we have this, not only do we have the effects of that uh, and what we feel, but actually it's like a life sentence. I know in this, um, in this country, we don't have the death penalty, do we? Um, you know, I think that went away a few years ago or a lot of years ago. But in America, if you do some nasty things, you are going to die. And they will help you with that process. Right? Anyways. <laughs> you're on, you're on death row. They call it death row because you're awaiting the time that you would be, you would be executed. Now you and I, before Jesus, we're on death row. There's kind of this impending thing. And so when we talk about Jesus coming to die for us, it only makes sense when we put those two together. Why do I need to be saved if I'm, what am I saved from? Well, I'm saved from this fact that I've got sin and sin has a penalty and that penalty is death. There's a fine that goes with the bad things I do and that's death. And Jesus came 2000 years ago. He said, you know what? I will take your penalty. I'll take your death row sentence and I'll pay that for you because I love you so much. I will take that upon me. And so everything that was written against you, all the things that you've done, both past, present, and future, in one go, I will take it upon myself and I'll pay for it. I'll pay the penalty on your behalf. That's what Jesus did. So when we start talking about being born again, you see, someone who's set free from the death sentence has a new life. They were to die, and yet now they get to live. This is what happens to us. Our spirit man, although we are alive 
right now, one day we're all going to die, right? The odds are pretty good in our favor. When we look through history, pretty much everyone's died. Sorry if that's a new revelation, but we are all going to die. But there's a death sentence right now on your spirit man because of what you have already accomplished, what you've already done, and what will you continue to do? But Jesus says, you know what? I've come to set you free from that. I've come to redeem you, to, to, to forgive all your sins. And so I've paid the penalty. I'll take all of that. And in exchange for that, I want to give you a new life. My spirit is going to come in you, and I'm going to help you to live out the life you need to live, the way I created you to live. It's like a fish that tries to live on land. You know, I think as, as people without God, we're like fish trying to live on land. And it's God saying, you know what? Live in the water. It's so much better. Or the water. <laughs> live in the water. Not in the water. God wants to release us into our freedom. And so step one is what God has done. God so loved the world, including you and me, that he did this. Step one. But it doesn't just stop there. Step two we see in what Jesus says, for anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have an eternal life. This is a new life, an eternal life. You know what? It's not just something that's just for the here and now. But when we get a new life in Jesus, it goes on. The new life that Michael have has isn't going to just be till he dies. It's going to live forever in Jesus. That's the big picture. That's the bigness of this story is that actually it isn't just for the maybe, you know, 90 years we live in this world or however long we live in this world. But actually it's the life of eternity from here till the end of time. We are receiving, we're given a new life, an eternal life. But what is the required step two is that we put our belief and our faith in Jesus and what he's done for us. That's the simple, the simplicity of the story. Well, what do we have to do to get this kind of payment for all the bad things I've done? Just put your faith in Jesus. Okay, but there's got to be more to that. No, actually, that's all there is. But what do I need to do? Just distrust. Yeah, but, but what, what's, what kind of do I need to kind of work at? Nothing. There's got to be more to it. No, there isn't. That's why we stumble over it. It's so simple. We, we just, we just jump with two feet and say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. That's all I got to do. I'm just going to say yes to him and no to me. That's all I'm going to do. You see, it doesn't require, there's no work required in this. We're saved by faith and not by works. It's a simple step. And yet in that step of faith, in order for me to believe in him, I have to give him everything. Right? It's a very simple step of just saying, I'm going to trust you. But in saying I trust you, I give God everything. That's the hard bit. That's the bit we try, we really wrestle with. Can I surrender my entire life to Jesus? Hmm. Well, now that's simple, but hard. It's very simple, but it's difficult to give God everything and say, do you know what? I choose to follow you with everything I've got. Hmm. The result, though, when we take that step, as I mentioned already, we have this eternal life by the Spirit of God. Not just a life for now, but a life for eternity that lasts forever. And in, in, the, in the Bible, we, we see this as new life. Jesus said, I come that you may have life 
and life more abundantly or life to the full. This this new life, this everlasting life is a life that is to the full. We're not just barely getting by. We're not just struggling to kind of cope with life and just I got a little bit of life. I'm barely hanging on. No, Jesus come that we may have life and have it to the full. And in this process, we're, we're, we're born again and we're born into his kingdom. We're born into his family. And in being born into his family, we're born into all that he has for us, all the provisions. When you are born into your family physically, you were given the rights of your family. And in order for, and this is what Jesus is talking about. In order for you to be born into this kingdom or in order for you to have all that the kingdom of God has, you have to be born into this kingdom. You know, if I want Queen Elizabeth to be my relative, kind of fat chance now, but I need to be born into the family line. If I want to be heir for the throne, I need to kind of get born into that system. Not going to happen, is it? Well, Jesus says, you know what? In order for you to be part of this great kingdom, all that God has, you need to be born into it. That's the only way it works. You can't work for it. You can't kind of be a nice enough person to gain access. You need to be born into it. But the only way to be born into it is to surrender and put your faith in Jesus. And in that moment, we are born again into his kingdom. And suddenly all the resources of heaven are ours. All that God has for us is available to us. We're now seated with Christ. We're now we're now co-heirs with him. We now share every everything that God has is now available to us because we're now part of the family. And we're part of God's body, but we're also connected to a family here on earth called his church. And that's awesome. That's a great family to be part of. No workers required. The whole process to start in a moment like today. I know many in this room have been on this journey a long time. And maybe even some here have been in church for a long time, but have never made that step. Michael talked about coming to church months before he made that final step of saying, God, I'm going to surrender. You know, coming to church is not being born again. Coming to church is not new life. Although we might sing upbeat songs, that, that's, that's different. Being happy clappy is not being born again. Feeling good isn't being born again. Born again only comes when we say yes to Jesus. It only comes in that way. There is no other way to the Father, to this relationship, but through Jesus. And it happens in a moment. Michael again shared this in his testimony. That moment he said, okay, God, I surrender. I put my faith in you. In that moment, this whole thing that we've talked about today happens like that. We start then a process of God bringing life and changing us from the inside out. I guarantee you that if you put your trust and faith in him, Jesus will not disappoint you. It won't necessarily be what you expect, but I guarantee he won't disappoint. 
And I think there's many people in this room that could testify to that. That when they made that step, like On and Michael have made, they have not been disappointed with what they received in return. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.